You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. You can also follow me on Instagram at tripadvice. You can check me out on YouTube, tripadvice. And you can also check me out on TikTok if you spend a lot of time on there, also at tripadvice. How you doing out there today? I'm doing pretty, pretty good. In Austin now, excited to be here. You know, it's interesting. I've been doing these travels with Megan and we have this weird thing that happens every single time we get to a new location. It's never very smooth. So we've been in now three locations in the past uh, six, seven months. And every time we get there, something happens. So for example, we got to Nashville back in the fall. We get to our Airbnb Learned a big lesson there. Don't get an Airbnb that has zero reviews. Even if the pictures look good, you really want those reviews. But we liked it from the pictures, from the description. So we gave it a shot. And it was a very cold and dark Airbnb. It's funny. You can really easily adjust the lighting settings in an edit. But that place was dark like a cave, I tell you. Luckily, we were only there for about three to four weeks, but it's not good for uh, the motivation, the energy, right? It's like even the neighborhood wasn't that amazing. And it was, it was kind of in the middle of nowhere because we just, we just didn't know. But anyway, we moved on to that. We got to, and everything was fine after that. Nashville was a great experience. Then we get to Tulum and Tulum was, as a, it was a much even more rough start because when we got there, and we knew that this was going to happen, but we just weren't really sure how it was going to go. You know, getting to the grocery store was a, is what was, I guess I'm not there anymore, was a big production. We didn't have a car because you just don't really get a car in Tulum. And you can, you know, we had, we had bikes, so we can bike there to get our groceries. And we did that once, and that was not fun. And um, just because it's far and you're carrying bags on your handles. So then we finally came up with the solution is you rent a scooter for the day that you want to get groceries. And, and then it was interesting because that one day we went to the grocery store and we picked up what I thought was chicken thighs only to open the package and look at it. And it looked a little bit different. Didn't really look like chicken thighs. It was a lot bonier underneath. And so I look up the the label to see what what did we buy here? Turns out it was chicken butt. Didn't even know that was a thing you could eat. And while I'm a very adventurous eater, I was just a little frustrated that day and wasn't ready to be too adventurous. So we threw that out. Anyway, it was a uh, it was an interesting start. You know, just trying to get used to all the things that you need to get used to to get into your routine. So that took a little bit longer than expected. And then now in in uh, in Austin, the rough start was Megan got very sick on the first day. Some sort of bug. We don't know what it was. It wasn't COVID because it literally lasted 24 hours. 
Some people suspect it could have been the norovirus, but I don't know. She was very sick and it was a very rough start for her for the, for the first day. And I was taking care of her, making sure she was getting better. Luckily she's all better. And we're very happy to be in Austin. Anyway, this is not meant to be event session. I thought I'd share with you. It's just been an interesting ride, you know, getting to our new locations, but everything's been awesome after that. Once we got settled into every place, we got into the routine, we were good to go. Anyway, today's episode, we're answering questions. Lots have been coming in and it is always so exciting to check my document where my assistant Joe comes in and he, and he updates all the new questions. And I just love scrolling through and seeing a bunch of questions. So we're going to answer some questions today. You can get your questions answered too. Email me, trip at tripadvice.com. And then put in the subject line podcast question, and we will answer your question here on the podcast. And what I do is, I don't know, it's just kind of my thing. I don't prepare in advance for these questions. I like to kind of almost challenge myself or train myself to be able to answer questions on the spot. So when I'm reading them to you, I'm reading them in real time. And I'm processing it all in real time. And don't worry. I work really well under pressure, so I'm I'm definitely giving you uh, the best answers possible. I don't think I've ever done a podcast and said, you know what, oh, I forgot, I should have said that. Really, it all, it all comes out. That's why sometimes on a podcast episode like this, I only do sometimes three questions because I just, I, I get into it, as you probably know. So it all depends on, on what the question is. So thank you all for writing in and trusting my guidance here. You know, I've helped at this point thousands of men get into relationships, thousands of men get laid, have the dating life that they've always wanted, and been doing it with men of all ages, 18 all the way to 70 years old. It's been quite the ride, quite the exciting one at that. So I'm excited to to keep on going on this journey. We've had a lot of guys in the past six months sign up for coaching over here at the Trip Advice Coaching Program. And they have seen incredible results. I thought I would share some of these results with you in the form of screenshots. So I know you can't see this, but I have a bunch of screenshots of text messages that were sent to my coaches who are coaching guys here. And I keep everything anonymous, so don't worry if you ever sign up for coaching. Nothing will ever even closely link back to you. So you'll never have to be scared of of, um, texting your client, uh, your coach, I mean or anything like that. We even have a clause. We have you sign an agreement that protects you and it protects us in working together. And one of those clauses is is that we keep everything confidential. We do work with a lot of guys who you could know. I just, I'll say that much. And even if you're a nobody and no one knows you, that's okay. We still will keep you confidential no matter what happens. But this is some of the text messages that we've gotten in the past couple weeks here. So, This is a text to one of my coaches says, approached an eight girl table, approached two girls, then approached a group of two girls with my boy and secured my first number. So it looks like he had a wingman. So this guy is doing amazing and getting all these approaches done. And then he said, I want to, I want to redo at the chai spot, which I think is really funny. It sounds like he 
almost is doing all this approaching and he's figuring out, okay, what he could do better. By the way, that happens a lot when you get into approaching and you get over your approach anxiety and you start to get a hang of it. You start to kick yourself in the butt. You go, oh man, I should have said this. I could have done this. But that's the jackpot there, by the way. Those are the moments that you want. Those are the moments that you hope for. Those moments where you go, oh, I should have done this because you might be annoyed like you could have done better, but then we just take that information and we do better on the next approaches. This is how it works. Here's another text message. Says from my coach, hey, how did your date go? And our client responded, date went really well. Think I did a good job of building tension and she is definitely interested in seeing me again. Looking like I'll have a few more dates set up for later this week or early next week too. Awesome. Here's a few more. Says... Hey, Jamal, I have my first date. Jamal is one of the coaches here at TripAdvice. Hey, Jamal, I have my first date. I wanted to thank you for your help. Your call helped me understand a few more things. Here's another one. This is from a client that was working with us. Says, the coaching still works, man. Had an amazing time last night with the nurse who was very skilled at oral sex. And I have a date with a 25-year-old blonde on Thursday. Just amazing. This is just scratching the surface, by the way. We have a ton of these, and maybe I'll share them, you know, over the the course of of the podcast here. But anyway, if you want help, if you want to get those kinds of results, just go to tripadvicecoaching.com where you'll learn how to approach, you'll learn how to meet women, get dates, you'll learn how to take those dates further to sex and to get them to want to see you again. You will learn how to get lots of matches online. We will get you to a point that you never thought you could. That is the beauty of being coached and being coached by TripAdvice. So go to tripadvicecoaching.com so we can help you ASAP. We'd love to work with you. All right, let's get into some questions here. I want to answer them. I want to help you. Let's dive in. This one is from Zane. Hey, Trip, recently discovered your podcast and it's really helpful. I started doing cold approaches a little earlier this year. This stuff is really hard, but I've had some success. From roughly 40 approaches, I've gotten two dates so far, hoping that ratio improves as I get better. I'm wondering though, is it common to get strike out a bunch in a row? The last 10 or so approaches have not gone well. The girls were just not responsive at all, trying to break away from me or ignoring me. I can't imagine I got worse from practicing it, but it's all pretty new to me. Thanks, Zane. Great question. Love this question. Okay, so first of all, let's just talk about your ratio here. 40 approaches and you got two dates so far. That's really good. That is actually really good. It's not insane amazing, but as a newbie, that's pretty solid. Okay, that's two dates. That's not two numbers that you said here. That's two dates. Think about this too. Think about how many dates you're getting from swiping, right? You're probably doing somewhere around there, hopefully more. Swiping would be equivalent to an approach, Okay, so a swipe is like an approach. Now, you you might say when you're listening to this, whoa, what? That's a lot of approaches. You only got two dates out of it? Like, is that, that sounds like a waste of time. No, it's not. Because first of all, 
you will get better. That ratio will get better. You have no idea all the things that you are building when you are doing a cold approach. So yes, it's great to hear that you got two dates from 40 approaches, but you have built so much more. In fact, you could have said I did 40 approaches and got no dates. That still would have been amazing because you're learning how to do the cold approach. Because what's going to happen is after you practice and do this a lot, you'll get to a point where whenever you meet a woman in person, you will know exactly what to do. Here's a great example. Myself, when I met Megan, so Megan wasn't a cold approach. It was like a warm approach, we'll call it, because she was on set on the day that I was filming a YouTube video because she was helping out her boss who owns a dance studio when I was doing the uh, seductive dance video that I did about four years ago. And if you caught me 15 years ago, before I was at all good at talking to women, nothing would have happened from that. I'm telling you right now, nothing would have happened from that. But because I've done cold approaches, because I've gone on so many dates, because I had so much experience with it, to me, it's it's like Karate Kid style, you know, painting the fence in a way. It's like you do these approaches and then boom, you are set and ready for any woman that comes your way. You'll know how to flirt. You'll know how to be confident and you're prepared. Now, yes, the warm approach is easier because it's a warm approach. You're not dealing with that kind of like harsh rejection. But either way, these approaches, these cold approaches that you're doing, Zane, and any of you out there who are still doing them, it's preparing you for every moment of an in-person interaction where you know how to converse, you know how to be charismatic, you know how to display your confidence, right? It's, it's all there. So that's, that's really important, and I just wanted to, to throw that out there. Now, you asked, is it common to get strike out a bunch in a row? The last 10 didn't go so well. Yeah, this happens. I've talked about this quite a bit on, on the podcast. When you do approaching and it's, a, and it's part of your rep, repertoire, there's just going to be days that are going to be very rough. It's just the bottom line. There's going to be days that are going to be very rough. And there's going to be some days where you're like, I am on. Now, maybe it's true. Maybe you're on. Maybe you're off. But also... There's the variable of just the women that you're approaching. You might have a day where you're just approaching a bunch of women who are just those instantaneous rejections. If you watch my program, Infield Breakdown, so any of you who have Infield Breakdown in the members area, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't have my program, Infield Breakdown, I'll leave a link where you can get it in the show notes. It's a whole program where it shows me doing approaches. They are 100% real approaches that I'm doing in New York City. It shows my rejections. It shows me going up and starting the conversation. It shows me going up and stopping women and talking to them, talking to groups, talking on the street, talking at night, at bars. So from that, there was times where I just had a boom, instant rejection, instant rejection, instant rejection. That's just going to happen. I think that right now, it's a little bit tough to do cold approaches only because people are meeting each other online, but that is not a reason not to do it because there are a lot of women out there who, A, you're going to meet in person that you'll never meet online and B, are actually going to think it's really romantic 
that you're going up and starting a conversation with them. But you have to filter and find those. Think about it, right? It's the same as, as online dating. Do you think that you're going to be getting every single girl that you swipe yes on or message on? Message, you know, like on Hinge, for example. I know there's no swiping really on, 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 on Hinge. Or well, I guess there is, but you have to, you know, kind of like something. But anyway, you get what I'm saying. You're not going to get every single girl. And so it's the same thing. But what's cool with the cold approaches is you will have built so much more attraction before the date from a cold approach than you will from online. That's one of the pros of the cold approach. And that's one of the cons, you can say, of online dating. The flake rate is so much higher with online dating because they don't know you yet. They, don't, they have no idea. But if they meet you and they're like, whoa, I kind of like this guy. And wow, that was cool. Like we talked, it was romantic. Like we, he just came up to me while I was at the grocery store or wherever. Flake rate goes down. I'm not saying you won't get flaked on. It definitely happens from cold approaches, but it's a lot less than online. So yes, Zane, it is common to strike out. It happens. And then we have off days sometimes. I mean, we work with clients here all the time where we're having them go out and approach and some days it's great. Some days it's not so great. Some days we feel more in it. Some days we don't. Some days we feel ready and we're like, oh, we're jacked up and we go and we do some approaches and they just bomb. Some days we don't feel good at all, but we force ourselves to go out there. And it turns out to be an amazing day. Reminds me of working out. You know, sometimes you don't feel like working out, but then you force yourself to do it. it turns out it was a really good workout. Like you really got the energy up. Or maybe you were psyched and you went to go work out and eh, it just wasn't your best. That's life. That happens. But nothing's going to happen if you do nothing. So Zane, props to you. Props to anyone out there who's going out there doing cold approaches. And just know that, I know you said here, quote, it's all pretty new to me. This is normal. It's okay. Keep rocking. Keep trucking. All right, let's go to Anonymous here. So there is this coworker of mine. Uh-oh, I don't like where this is going. We used to be friendly with each other and joked around a lot. I tried asking her to hang at a bar. She didn't respond. I got upset and stopped talking to her. I didn't look at her or wish her happy birthday. I think she was upset when I didn't wish her happy birthday because she ignored me for like three to four weeks. Eventually, I did say happy birthday and she said thank you. I later had a party where I invited all my colleagues except three other people and her. Uh-oh. A few days later, she said, hey, I wanted to bring up something that bothered me. I know multiple people that were invited, but it seemed like a dig towards me that I also wasn't asked. I don't get why she said that to me. We weren't friends. I invited people I got along with, and I have the absolute right to not invite her. I said, I didn't think you wanted to come since I asked you to hang out earlier and you didn't respond. On one hand, she doesn't care about me, but then I make my own parties and she texts me why I didn't invite her. I'm so upset and frustrated. What is going on? Why is she behaving like this? FYI, I'm 31 and she's 32. Okay, so that's the question right there. This is great. Uh, great in the fact where I have a lot to say, per usual. All right, so 31. But thank you for telling me the ages. It does matter a little bit. Not always, but in this case, you know, this is interesting. It's like, oh, I would have pegged this situation like, well, sounds very immature, very young. 
but it's good to know that you guys are in your 30s. But you know what's what's interesting really here? It's funny that as much as I just said a second ago that it's nice to know the ages, people, this is how people act. And this is how people react. So I want to dive into this from the very beginning. So you tried asking her. So first of all, I'm assuming that you like her. You didn't even say that here, but I guess let's just assume that. Okay, because... I wouldn't, I can't imagine another reason why you would ask this unless it's a friend question, but you said we used to be friendly with each other and joked around a lot. So, okay. You guys had some rapport. You asked her to hang. She didn't respond. Okay. So here's what happened. You said, I got upset and stopped talking to her. Part of me raises this yellow flag of you being passive aggressive, which is very immature and very unattractive. Just understand that. When a man is passive aggressive, I think that it's funny. I'm very unattracted to women who are passive aggressive too. But I feel like it's even more unattractive to a woman because it seems like weak. Like you can't even talk about why you're upset. Not that you should hear, but I just wanted to go on that tangent to explain that passive aggressive it's very childlike behavior. It's not It's not adult, mature man behavior. Okay? And that's what you did here. You said, quote, I didn't look at her, wish her a happy birthday. So you reacted. And that's the point, is one of the most attractive traits that a man can have is being non-reactive. That doesn't mean you let women or people step all over you. There's a difference there. You can do clear boundaries, but... You not wishing her a happy birthday, all these things. It's just a little passive aggressive. Okay. Because look what happens. You say, quote, eventually I did say happy birthday. So clearly you were being like, man, I'm upset, blah, 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 blah. Right. And so we want to be very careful with that. And then it's interesting. I'm going to agree with you here. You had a party where you invited all your colleagues, except three other people and her. I think that was the right move. The The tough part is it's kind of like you're continuing to be passive aggressive here. Okay. Because so, you guys never really talked about it. And I would have, well, this is where it gets a little tough. First of all, I don't believe, uh, there's so many layers here. I, I don't believe in, in dating any coworkers. So in theory, I, I wouldn't have been going after any coworker at all. But the reason why I'm still digging into this question is because we can also get and extract some good advice. Let's pretend that this is someone who is in a friend group, right? So that's why I still want to answer this as if she's not a coworker. But bottom line, coworker, we don't want that. Dating coworkers always leads to trouble, okay? Sexual harassment issues, you guys date, you break up, it's a mess. I've said this before, I'll say it again, your work is your sanctuary, not a place to be meeting women and dealing with anything from that, okay? So beyond that, what happened here is you continue to be passive aggressive. And it's interesting because on one hand, on one hand, you could have easily said to her, if you were, she was in your friend group, like, hey, did you get my text? To see what was going on instead of being passive aggressive. You could have done that. You could have also, by the way, done exactly what you were doing 
and just kind of cut her off, which it sounds like you did, but you didn't. You did this halfway thing, which came off passive aggressive because you didn't cut her off. You said happy birthday eventually. Right. So it's like you're kind of doing this in between thing that doesn't help. Now, what's interesting is, and this is a lesson on women, is once you show that disinterest, look what happens. By the way, whether it's a friend thing or not a friend thing, isn't that interesting? That at first, she doesn't respond. Now she's not invited and she says to you, hey, what happened? Da, 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 da. And she's like, I think it was like a dig towards me. And she's right. She was spot on, by the way. It was a dig towards her. You did that to her because you did not want her to come because you're upset because you invited her out and she didn't respond. You said, quote, I don't get why she said that to me. We weren't friends. I invited people I got along with and I have the absolute right to not invite her. That's true. You have the right not to invite her, but you guys are friends-ish. Your colleagues, you were friendly with each other. Now, I'm playing devil's advocate here. I know I'm kind of wavering back and forth, but we'll get to a, a, a stern answer. But just understand that she still thinks that you guys are kind of friendly And probably because you in both of your heads are thinking different things and you're thinking how you view each other and they're in different ways. You like her. So you're much more sensitive to all this. She probably doesn't like you or else she would have responded to hanging out at the bar. So she sees you as a friend. You like her more. You're in the friend zone. And so you're acting in this way where you're kind of childishly reacting and being passive aggressive and she's catching on to it. So you asked on one hand, she doesn't care about me, but then I make my own parties and she texts me why I didn't invite her. Yeah, because she's now seeing what's going on. It's a stark difference between you at one point you asked her out and now you're not even inviting her out to hang out with friends or colleagues, I should say. So that's it. That's why she's behaving like this, but she doesn't like you. I would be very shocked if she does. So that's the answer to your question. To give you more of like a, what should you have done in this case? Well, here's the levels. One, shouldn't have done anything because she's a coworker. But if this was a friend situation, I would have done this. You asked her out. She didn't respond. And at that point, I would have just gone all the way with full ignoring. Not being passive aggressive. I don't want to say being aggressive. That's a weird way of putting it, but no in-between stuff. The second a woman is not interested, she's not even responding to your text. I'm just done. So... There's no reason to be hanging around or strategizing why why to be with any woman that's not, that doesn't have some sort of immediate interest in you. Way more women out there. So I wouldn't have done any of this. Happy birthday, four weeks later, you just look like you're butt hurt. We don't want to look like we're butt hurt. 
In fact, you shouldn't ever really be butthurt. I'm not even telling you to hold in your emotions per se, but why be butthurt? Okay, the reality, be stoic. The reality is they don't like you. Okay, there's plenty of women out there that will. Why are we getting hung up on the one? Okay, let's move on. Hey, Trip, big supporter of what you do, YouTube, podcast, and Magnetic. By the way, he's referencing my book, Magnetic, which is available on Amazon. Link in the show notes if you want to get it. He continues, I had a question that I'd love to get your opinion on because I'm torn. My story, I'm 39 years old, recently divorced. It was unwanted and really broke me to rock bottom. Now I'm getting back into dating and flirting. Had my first cold approach last Saturday and got rejected hard. He puts in all capitals. Yet two days later, she reached out to me and asked me out saying she was just in complete shock when I asked. Our date is coming up and I plan on dating a few women I have met and found attractive. How much of my story do I share with the date? One, my marriage turned sexless, sexless, so I haven't been laid in six and a half years. I get anxiety thinking about it and would like to set the bar low for my first few times with a potential partner. Two, when my marriage turned toxic, I put on some major weight. I've lost 180 pounds since the divorce. Do I mention how fat I used to be to show a date that I'm on a great path to physical attractiveness? Three, how much do I share about my divorce? I was a loving, devoted husband to a physically and emotionally abusive wife. I worked hard to save my marriage, but she didn't want it. How do you even bring up divorce? Sorry for the long message, but I hope to get some advice. I'm currently listening through your podcast and I'm still on your 2017 episodes. If you answer this question, can you let me know so I can listen to the current podcast first? And thanks for all you do. You've helped more men than you know. Please keep me anonymous. Okay. Great question. Per usual, here's my answer. Here's my quick advice. Everything that you discussed, one, two, and three, you labeled. I don't want you to talk about any of it. The reason why you're not going to talk about any of this stuff is because, A, it, it just doesn't matter to this new relationship. Like These things don't really hold a lot of weight. I know you think they do, but they don't. We'll get back into that in just a little bit. But the other reason is because Women women are more attracted and excited by who you are today and who you will be. Not so much who you were in the past. That's a really important note there. Like this is not even just like opinion. This is this has been proven. There have been studies on this. Read the book Evolution of Desire. David Buss talks about the idea that women will be attracted to a man's potential. So a guy can show traits like, let's say he's very charismatic, he's good with people, he's confident, but maybe he's on the younger side, 22, so he doesn't have much to provide because women are attracted to providers and they're attracted to characteristics that show that. Well, that's that's happening right there. 
Because even though he might not have the means to provide, he will one day, because of all these traits that he has that women are attracted to. So you said, one, your marriage turned sexless. Is that something to say to her? No. Again, it's so negative. There's no reason. You deal with that on your own. Now, if you want to say to her, you know, because eventually you'll be dating someone, they might say, well, what happened? Why did you guys get a divorce? Then you can say, you know what? We were, we, we drifted apart and it didn't work. You don't want to say like, it was sexless and I want a lot of sex. In fact, the way that you say that or state that is by saying that or stating that, meaning don't state it in relation to, well, I was with the woman and there was no sex in the marriage and I'm a guy who likes a lot of sex and I didn't get it. Instead, tell her that after you guys have sex a couple times, you can say to her, yeah, I have a very high libido. I have a very high libido. I'm interested in having it all the time. What about you? And if she says, oh, my libido is not that high. Well, you clearly don't have a woman there. That's going to be a good fit. Now, I know that women can say that and maybe lie, but that's the risk of getting into relationships. But then you can even say back and you can say, yeah, that's definitely something that's very important to me. But I wouldn't relate it back to the marriage part. Let's not go into your divorce, which leads to some of your other things here. You said two, your marriage turned toxic. You, you put on a bunch of weight. There's just no need to say that. I, I know that, again, I know that you said, you know, that maybe this is going to show her that you're on a great path to physical attractiveness. No. Just be the physically attractive person or be the most attractive version of yourself that you can be. I just don't want to dwell on past stuff here with the date that you just met to then she finds out you were really heavy. Now she finds that out later on. Okay. She finds that out. I don't know. It's date five plus or something, but on the first couple of dates, ah, just unnecessary. I I don't see where that's going to go. You know, guys might think, well, trip though, but isn't that like attractive to her? Like, you lost all this weight? Yeah, but I don't know how attractive it would be for her to really know that. You don't have to lie about it or keep it from her. Well, actually, I am saying keep it from her. Just don't mention that in the first couple of dates. Let her, let her find you attractive because you're an, an attractive guy. I don't want to focus on the past. And then number three, how much do I share about my divorce? In the very beginning, barely anything. Yeah, I won't even mention that you've been divorced unless she asked. You can maybe say that later on. Again, 5 to 10, date 5 to 10. But I just wouldn't bring it up. I know. Sounds like very uh, non-PC advice. Well, I'd like to focus on what works here. Now, I'm not saying lie. If she asks you, you know, you say it to her. But don't talk about it. Don't... You know, don't talk about past relationships and divorce. It's just very heavy. It's very negative. That doesn't turn the conversation on the date into a place where you guys can build attraction and a connection with each other. 
Instead, now you're venting or talking about all these negative things in your past. I haven't been laid. I'm overweight. I've been divorced. Woe is me. Blah, 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 blah. Even if you say that and then you're like, but I'm awesome today and everything's good. And I lost weight and I'm doing so good and I'm so happy. It's like, I'd rather you just be that guy for her in that moment without having to reference it to the past that you come with all this baggage. I want her in the first few dates to become attracted to you, not because of your past, but who you are today. And I know who you are today relates to your past, but we don't need to discuss that right now. And then after a few dates, when you build some attraction, then you can shed a little bit of light on the fact that you were once divorced, you guys went your separate ways, and yeah, it was it was a rough one. I would say like, yeah, it was a rough one. It was rough, but hey, I'm all good now, and it was all for the best, and you learn your lessons. That's the strength and stoic that I want you to have here. And then you can talk about all these things with a therapist, with your friends, with a coach, not this woman. This woman wants to see the masculine strength, not the vulnerability that modern women say they want, but secretly they don't. So I hope that helps you, Anonymous. And I hope that 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 gives you some clear answers on what to do for the future and for everyone else. So thank you for listening. I'm glad that you're diving in. You're a perfect candidate, by the way, for for coaching. We work with a lot of guys who are just starting to get back in the dating game who are divorced. So don't hesitate. TripAdviceCoaching.com. Here is one from Govind. Hey, Trip, this is Govind from India. I love it. I'm nearing 23 and I'm in university. I started having feelings for a girl. Let's call her G. Me and G are very close. We talk a lot and I feel like she's my type. She has told that we have many things in common. She addressed me as an elder brother once. Ooh, ooh, no good. But I avoided it and we kept going. I texted her to meet up after class to which she were instantly replied, sure. We all walked around campus a bit and went for a coffee. She kept on saying, I'm happy to go wherever you want. We had a good time. We talked a lot. I called her randomly smiling, even when I was quiet. After reaching home, I asked if she had a good time. She replied yes, and she badly wanted that after a hectic day. G is not the usual kind of woman, as far as I presume. She has turned down many proposals and has told me that she's not interested in being in a relationship with anyone. I am in doubt now. I have feelings for her. She said things that made her a perfect fit. For example, I told her I would like to live a life where I can go around the world seeing beautiful places. And she replied that she wanted such a thing too. I'm feeling a sense of fear to say what I feel. I'm afraid of losing her. I don't feel like losing a worthy friendship. This wasn't the case with other women. I've dated a good number, but this one thing is hitting hard. I want her as my future wife. What should I do? I'm serious about her and I can't imagine losing her. Please help me out. I get a lot of these questions and I'm never sick of answering them, but it's going to be a shorter answer this time because it is black and white here. You are in the friend zone. Guys, this is a great question. I'm glad I'm answering it because you have to be aware of what the friend zone is. 
This is it. We as guys, here's the reality. This is, this is the really the big lesson here. It's something that women, I try to tell women this all the time. Guys, we live a hard dating life. We all do. We don't get approached by women. We don't get swiped on by nearly as many women as, as women do by men. And we are at a default scarcity, meaning we don't have women chasing us. Just not how it goes in nature. The men chase the women and the, and the, and the men pursue. I like to say pursue better because that's what we should be doing, not chasing. And so because of this, we end up getting a little attention from a woman. And as long as she's cute and she's got some good traits to her, we fall fast. We do. We fall fast. And I believe, this is my theory, I believe that we fall fast for some of these women. We end up in the friend zone more than women do is because once we get that that attention from a woman, even if it's like a friendship attention, like you're getting here, Govind, where she's agreeing with all the things you're saying and, you know, she was smiling at you and she's happy to be around you. And so we get teased, but I, I don't want to blame any women for this. I don't want to play victim here because we have to be aware of this fact. We get teased. We get teased and we end up falling for these women. Another reason why this is not just, well, I know that I'm saying that this is a theory, but I've lived this. I know this. I've been in the friend zone so many times where a girl shows you a little bit of attention and she was already kind of cute and boom, we can fall for her fast because we rarely get that attention from women. So to um, answer your question, what should I do? You have to make a decision. You have to say, are you okay with just being her friend? Or are you okay with the potential that she might reject you? This is how the friend zone goes. So those are your options. Don't make a move. Potentially suffer, by the way. So I'm not in favor of that, by the way. I'm never, I'm never very rarely in favor of you just being her friend because you don't want to lose her as a friend. Because it's not a friendship, dude. You like her. It's not a friendship. It's a crush. And so you're in this scarce mentality. And it's so weak. I'm not trying to be a jerk here. I'm not here to come down on, on you. I'm here to teach you. But this is a weakness. And we don't want that. We want to build a strength here. We don't want to be like, oh, this girl, she's oh, my future wife. I think I said this on, on a question last week. You don't know she's your future wife. Okay, sure, these are qualities that you'd like in a future wife, but you're saying, quote, I want her as my future wife. How could you ever make that decision without actually dating her? You don't know who she is in a relationship. You know who she is in a friendship. And those are two very different things. I will argue that to the day I die. They are different things. 
Don't say it's the same. It's not. Yes, there are elements of the friendship that come into a relationship. So it's sort of like on the path there, but it's not it. You should never know if a woman is or is possible of being your wife or your future wife till you've been dating her for at least, by the way, not friendship, dating her, being romantic with her, being sexual with her for at least six months. Okay, that's when you know. Right now, it's she could be. She's She has the potential to be. But even that potential should be so small because it's still a friendship, Govind. Okay? So I want you to really be really focused on this. I'm not claiming any woman as your future wife until you're dating her. Don't get obsessed with any woman that, well, ever really. It's very dangerous. But especially don't get obsessed with a woman who doesn't even like you back. So my advice is, Govind, get out of this misery and give it a shot and make a move. And who knows, maybe she'll reciprocate. But if not, then this is the reality. But it's going to be good for you in the long run. It's going to hurt right now, but it's going to be good for you in the long run because you should be spending time around women that like you not guys never spend any time around a woman ever hard black and white rule never spend time around a woman that you like that doesn't know that you like her okay ever she's either an actual friend that you have no attraction to whatsoever Or she's a girl that you're attracted to and you're pursuing and you're asking her on a date and you're making a move. That's what you need to be doing. Okay, let's do one more. From Rick. Hi, Trip. This is Rick from Germany. My biggest struggle is that I don't have a clue what to talk about with women when in conversation. How do I get her interested and attracted to me? How do I flirt to escalate the situation so something more could happen? Probably this is exactly the TED formula and I should get your programs and book. Duh. (laughs) But anyway, I would like to kindly ask for your insight. Dude, I'm going to interrupt you here. How are you not just getting the programs or the book? Like, come on, what's going on? I'm not saying this so. This is, I'm saying this purely unselfishly here. It's like, okay, so you're aware that there is a course in a book that are so affordable and you're not getting them. And you're asking this question, which I am answering, but who knows? I could have answered this question a month from now. Lucky for you, it's two weeks away. So my point here is, is guys, if you if you're so close and you know the right questions to ask and you're somewhere where you need the advice and you know where to get it, like just get it. I'm going to answer your question, Rick, but I want you to understand that this is the difference between someone who's going to succeed and, and not. Like You should be doing anything you can to get the answers on anything. It doesn't matter if this is dating advice. Like if you're trying to ask a question about your health or business and your career 
And you know there's a course out there, but you haven't bought it yet? Like, for what? Okay? Get this stuff solved fast. Life is short. Man, if I can go back 20 years ago and fix some stuff that I'm now just working on, I would have loved to do that. Time, okay, is very important. It's a scarce resource. It's a finite resource. So anyway, just a little tough love. You know I love you, Rick. Let's keep going. Recently, I was out with some friends. The wife of a friend of mine had a visit from a girlfriend of hers from out of town. Let's call her Steph. Evening started great. We went out for some sushi. I sat opposite of Steph and had some fun interactions. Felt very good so far. By the way, smoking hot. After dinner, we took off to a club, had some drinks and dancing. Well, now it was time to get closer to Steph and I wanted to. I thought a lot about what to do, but I couldn't. No idea what to say to her. Everything coming to my mind felt super stupid. My buddy has a much looser tongue than me, so he couldn't help but say something here and there. Long story short, they hit it off. Do you have any advice for the situation? Then just get your damn head out of your ass and do something. Thanks for all your great content, binging all your podcast episodes while working on the house, and it is already helping me so much. Thanks very again. All the best, Rick. You're welcome, buddy. Okay. So it's funny because you kind of already know the answer, right? Get out of your damn head. Get out of your, get out of your damn head out. Get your damn head out of your ass. There it is. That's your, that's your wording and do something about it. Okay. So one thing to understand here, guys, is that charisma, charisma is kind of someone with a loose tongue. Someone who doesn't overthink about what they're saying. Now, there's exceptions here. Some people can just say a bunch of stuff and just be off the walls, but that's not going to be you. That's someone who is so far on the other end. You don't have to worry about that. But a person like you, okay, a person like you who needs to get to that point, you need to understand that you need to have that loose tongue. I think you understand that. I think by me saying this again is maybe giving you permission that you need. That it's very, you know, you're worried about something that's not a problem. And I'd rather you say a bunch of stupid stuff and make the mistake and then go, huh, well, at least I was talking a lot. I said a couple stupid things and then tailor that back. Your problem, Rick, is yes, you are so in your head. You're so afraid of failure that I don't think you're allowing any of this stuff to work. So you know what? Maybe you don't need my programs and book. Maybe you know all the information. You just reference Ted. So you clearly know some of this stuff. The problem is, Rick, you're holding yourself back. Probably because you're either and or, okay, and or here, a perfectionist, you're scared of rejection. You, your ego is very fragile and you don't want to make any mistakes. That's kind of connected to perfectionism. But it's so, it's so fragile that you just don't want to be judged at all. And we need to come into a different mindset. So the way I'm going to help you here, Rick, and everyone else listening, is to really change your mindset. Your mindset should be, Take action, take action. 
and then iterate from there. It kind of reminds me of when you're starting a business. So let's take Apple, for example. Let's compare today's Apple phone, or let's even say Android. You know, look at the Android phone today versus 15 years ago at the inception. Quite different, aren't they? Imagine, I don't even know if you could even send photos with the first iPhone. Not sure. If you did, they were very blurry. You take a photo right now with the first iPhone, it looks like shit. You, take, you can make a cinematic film today with, with the iPhones that we hold in our hands. What's my point? My point here is, is could they have waited to get to this point? Just kept building, 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 building? Yeah, they could have. But what would have happened? They would have wasted time. And also, let's be honest, they maybe wouldn't have known what to work with. They maybe would never have gotten to the point where they are today because they wouldn't know what to fix because they had no one playing with the phones and buying the phones and, and doing it. So how this, how this relates to you is same thing. You need to just put yourself out there, put the best version of yourself out there that exists now, and then you tweak. There's a quote that I like. It's really actually a title of a book as well for business called Ready, Fire, Aim, instead of Ready, Aim, Fire which means fire away, take action. In this case, go out, talk to women, do what you can, do your best, and then aim, a.k.a. and then tweak. And yeah, you're going to make mistakes. It's It might not be pretty at first, but you can't get it perfect without taking action. So that's the mindset there. Maybe that's just a fancier way of me saying, get your damn head out of your ass and do something. But at least I'm explaining to you why that's the most important and why you have to do anything to get to that point. So in this specific case, I would have talked to her as if she was anyone that I'd previously known. Talk to her about anything you want. Like if you and I sat down and we were hanging out, you would know exactly what to talk about. You would have things. Even if you were introduced to another guy friend of one of your friends, you'd figure it out. Why? Because you wouldn't be in your head. You wouldn't care as much. So I want you to be excited to make the mistakes. I want you to be excited to take action so you can see what happens. Okay, what happened here? What exactly happened in this interaction that I could take that data and I can tweak and I can get better, right? That, that's the gold right there. Not trying to get it perfect before you say anything because you never know. You just don't know. And you need that experience to know. So Rick, I hope that helps. Get back out there. So that, that was, by the way, that was a lesson in itself. Sometimes we have to learn that lesson. We have to go, oh, I didn't say anything. My friend had a loose, loose tongue or loose lips. He was just talking, talking, talking. And we go, okay, I need to just be focused on talking about whatever I want. Or, you know, here's a little, 
little technique for you. Just talk about the topics of conversation that women like. I got a free video. Go to tripadvice.com slash chick dash crack. Get chick crack. Memorize a couple of those topics that women respond to and just bring that up. That's it. Start talking about it. See what happens. So then you can practice the art of continuing the conversation. Don't worry about getting it perfect. One step at a time, you will get there. But you got to make the step. And if you need more help, get coaching. TripAdviceCoaching.com will guide you, will help you through it if you can't do it on your own. Or get the course, Hooked, GetHerHook.com. Or get the book Magnetic on Amazon. All those links in the show notes. But Rick, I have a feeling at this point, you just need to start talking to women and be curious about what happens. Hope that helps. Rick Govind, Anonymous, and Zane and Anonymous, thank you for writing in. You can write in as well. Email me, trip at tripadvice.com. Let's chat. Let me answer your question here on the podcast. See you next time. Talk to you soon.